My name is Matt, and this is Sip of Success. Hey guys, it's just me today, Matt, on the podcast. Matt could not be here, um, but this is going to be a special episode as part of our professor staff series of interviewing some staff and faculty on campus about how they're adapting to the COVID-19 situation and how they're keeping you guys engaged um, in providing that top tier learning that we all want right now. So today we have a special guest from my school, the journalism school here, Dr. Kevin Hull, and he's gonna talk to us about he's adapting to the situation in online classes. So thanks for being here, Dr. Hull. Um, Oh, thank you, Matt, I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Um, If you wanna introduce yourself, your background, um, and also what courses you're teaching this semester as well. Sure, so uh, this is my fifth year at the University of South Carolina. Uh, When I graduated undergrad, I was a journalism student and I actually was a television sportscaster for, um, I did that for about 10 years and then I taught high school for a couple years and then I went back to school uh, and I got my PhD at the University of Florida and my first job after there is here. And so I teach two journalism classes. Uh, The classes this semester, I'm teaching introductory reporting and writing, and I'm also teaching sports journalism. So my first question for you is, I know you're teaching a lot of journalism classes, and I know you said you had a little bit of broadcast experience as well. So are these classes, are you involving like the broadcast journalism piece? And how have you adapted that part? Because I know a lot of broadcast journalism is hands-on, and actually being there, learning equipment, and then also like the speaking portion. How have you adapted that part of your courses into your online curriculum now? Well, that's certainly been the hardest part. You know, a big Mm -hmm. chunk of my class is, you know, the hands-on part, the going out interviewing people and using the cameras and, you know, just getting out and doing journalism. And that part's been really hard because, you know, you're not supposed to go outside. You're not supposed Mm -hmm. to interact with other people. Um, so we've kind of had to make some changes a little bit. So instead of actually shooting the videos, they're writing the scripts and saying, here's the video that I would get. Here's the sound that I would get to go with it. Here are the people who I would interview. And they're actually still doing those interviews, but instead of recording them all, they're just kind of writing them out and saying, you know, here's what the person Mm -hmm. said. Here's what I would say. Um, you know, we have some, some shooting video things as well instead of shooting video, they're taking pictures and they're putting the pictures into a PowerPoint and saying, I would do this picture and then this, or I would do this piece of video and then this piece of video and then this piece of video. Um, So kind of a different way to show it. Because I think one of the big problems that we have in journalism is not everybody has the same technology with them. Mm -hmm. You know, in the school, everybody's got the same cameras they can use, the same editing they can use, but you know, not everybody has access to Adobe Premiere or has a computer that allows them to use Adobe Premiere or they have a phone that's a little older and so it's harder to edit the video on the phone. So, you know, I've got 50 some students in my class this semester and so I just thought I'm just going to make it as straightforward even as possible so that everybody's on kind of the same plane. But yeah, I mean, it's been disappointing in some aspects because, you know, things that we used to be able to do that are a big part of this class, we just haven't been able to do the second half of the semester. Yeah. And I know you're teaching one of your courses is sports um, journalism. So obviously there's no sports right now. Um, So what are you doing with your students as I'm sure there's issues with how do you report on something that's not really there right now? Doing sports journalism with no sports is really, really hard. 
Um, so what we've ended up doing is I found an old 1991 Chicago Bulls LA Lakers game on YouTube. And so they're live tweeting a game from 1991, treating it like it's live. And then they're writing a game recap of that, which, you know, isn't ideal, but you know, they're still able to watch the game. They're still able to do the skills that they need to do. Um, but, you know, my plans were to have them watch a game on TV and then every game was canceled. And then, mm. um, you know, to have to go into historic games, it just that kind of worked out pretty well, I think. Mm -hmm. And I know, too, I've been watching some things about I know the NBA just did like an esports thing with NBA 4K. So have you been into I guess this is a question not even with the current situation, but esports? How have you been able to bring that in if you have brought in like the esports aspect in the realm of sports? Sports journalism. You know, I haven't, but had I known how important it was going to be, I think I would mm -hmm. have. You know, that it took me by surprise how all of these leagues, even, you know, I'm a big baseball guy and baseball mm -hmm. is usually last to adapt to all these things, but they have a whole players only league where, you know, one player from each team is representing their team playing uh, MLB The Show 20 online. I, I think, you know, had I known how big the video game stuff was going to be and how these teams and leagues were going to incorporate it so much. I certainly would have done that differently. I think um, I, it's, it's a very interesting thing to see how these leagues have embraced esports in this kind of time where there's no face to face sports or whatever you want to call it. Um, so I think in the future, it, I think it will be part of my classes moving forward just to see, um, you know, seeing how big it's become here. Yeah. And going off of that as well, how do you see the, the whole journalism and broadcast journalism field, especially changing when, especially for broadcast journalism majors and people in the broadcast field can't really be number one together right now. Um, so I'm sure a lot of it's like independent reporting and I have friends that are in the field as well that have graduated USC but do you see the journal, the broadcast journalism field changing after this in terms of who they have on staff um, and what they have people doing? That's a great question. You know, I, I, mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to say what the long-term impacts of a lot of this are. You know, I've had a, um, I've done some Skype kind of guest speakers, I guess, in my classes. And, you know, one of them is Sam Blywise, who's the main news anchor at WIS. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's anchoring her news from her house, you know, and she walked us through her whole home studio. And then one of our recent graduates, Anjali Patel, she's a reporter in Myrtle Beach. She hasn't been in the office in a really long time. You know, she does mm -hmm. everything from home. So, you know, the fact that they're able to do these things from their house, you know, I, I don't think a future where every news anchor is in their home is the future. But, you know, reporters not necessarily going into the building every day, um, being able to do more from their phone. I, I think the things that we've discovered that reporters can do, especially on the broadcast side, without needing, um, you know, a big television station are, are kind of eye-opening. You know, even our own School of Journalism, our senior semester that we call it, you know, they put on a show every day at four o'clock. They're doing that all over the country. I mean, we have students in that class who are all over the East Coast. We have one who's in Alaska, you know, and they're still putting on a show almost every day. And they're, you know, it's a downplay, but they're college students. And, you know, they're able to do this. So if they can do it, the, the big, big time professionals should be able to figure it out too. 
Yeah, I, I think that's awesome too. I'm familiar with senior semester, so that's great that they're doing that. And just as a professor in general, outside the journalism side too, um, what are you doing to have your students adapt, especially when not every student, like you were saying, may have access to things like Adobe, or even I know a lot of students may not even have access that are in more rural areas to basic internet. How are you being able to overcome those obstacles um, and still give them like the learning that they need and that they're also still like continuing to pay for as well? So I think the one thing I did before class started was I sent a survey and I sent it to all my students kind of like, what do you have? Like, where are you? What do you have? What do you need? And I asked him, you know, kind of course specific questions. You know, do you have a phone that can take pictures? Do you have video, a way to shoot video? Um, do you have your laptop with you? Do, can you get on the internet? Can you watch YouTube videos? And so I kind of took their responses. Thankfully, almost everyone said they had internet. One was a little worried you'd have to use a hotspot, but mm -hmm. that seems to have been okay so far. Um, and so I just kind of took their answers and I made sure that I created things that they were had access to and that they were able to use. And one thing for sure is that everyone said they'd be able to get on YouTube. And so I've recorded my lectures and I put them all on YouTube so that they can watch them whenever they want. Um, trying to make it as easy as possible for them. You know, I know some professors are still meeting, um, like you said, your, your co-host here, you know, she has class right now. You know, so uh, for me, it just didn't make sense to still meet at 940 in the morning on Monday and Wednesday because, you know, I had some students who, you know, one who's in Las Vegas now, and that means the class is at 640 in the morning for her. And so I just thought, you know, I'm just going to make it kind of as easy for them as possible. And for me, that meant here's everything on Monday. It's due on Sunday. And so you can do it the first day, you can do it the last day, you can do it in the middle of the week, whatever you want. I wanted to try and make it as easy for the students as possible. Um, and for me, that was just kind of like, you can work at your own pace kind of, but it's mm -hmm. due on Sunday. Okay, yeah, I think that's awesome about sending out a survey. I think that was, that's a great idea for sure. And yeah, it, it helped me a lot because there were things that, you know, I asked all these kind of specific questions. And then at mm -hmm. the end, I had kind of an open-ended question of, is there anything you want to tell me that I haven't thought? And so, so some of the best answers that I got and things I hadn't even thought of came out of that. You know, it was like, what, what are your biggest concerns? What are things that you're really worried about? Um, mm -hmm. Are you worried about this? Have you taken an online class before? And I was able to take those answers and it really, really helped. Having done that survey, that was probably the smartest thing I did so far, mm -hmm. just because I, I then knew what I was working with, for lack of a better way to put it. Yeah, and I know, have you taught an online class before this at all, just in regular semesters? I have, so I've taught in the summer. I've taught two classes in the summer online, which was a huge advantage. I mean, the mm -hmm. fact that I had taught online before meant I wasn't starting from zero. You know, I, I think, mm -hmm. For those professors who had never taught online before and then were told, you have a week and a half to turn your class into an online class, uh, I don't know if students fully understand how big that is. I mean, how yeah. overwhelming that is and how much work that is. Um, even for me, who's done it before, it was kind of like, holy crap, like, mm -hmm. this is a lot. And if you've never taught online before and never even, like, thought about it, then I can't even imagine how stressful and difficult that must have been. Um, so just being able to have taught before online 
was a big advantage for me. Yeah, and so far too, with even with teaching online before, what have been some of your biggest obstacles that you've encountered this semester with everything going online, especially for these classes that you know are very hands-on in in-person lectures and things like that? What have been your biggest obstacles? Or what are some things that you would have changed in the past three weeks since starting all of this? Well, the biggest obstacle was you had to do it in a week and a half. I mean, mm -hmm. that, was, that was the hardest part. You know, when I did my class in the summer, you know, I knew for six, seven months that I was going to do it. So I kind of thought about it, you know, kind of plan it out. Um, and instead of, you know, this time it was, all right, a week and a half, we were online. Yeah. So, you know, that part was the hardest part of any of it, I would say. Um, so that's been the biggest challenge for sure was just kind of, all right, I got to figure this out right now. Um, so that part was tricky. And, you know, things that I didn't expect, you know, again, my sports journalism class, you know, turning it into an online wasn't tricky. The mm -hmm. fact that you can't leave the house and there are no sports, that was the harder part of it, I think. Yeah. You know, the fact that suddenly all my ideas of how I could do sports journalism, none of them worked. Um, that part was harder, I think, than anything else. As for what I would do differently, it's hard to say this soon. I think if I look back, you know, a month from now, I'll probably have some ideas. But right now, I'm just trying to survive, as I think every professor is. We're just trying to get mm -hmm. to the finish line and make sure that you all are learning everything that we think you need to learn how to learn. Um, and so right now it's probably too soon to think back, but um, you know, kind of like we talked about earlier, things that had I known they were happening, like the esports thing, um, I might've done some assignments differently, but overall I think I'm doing okay. People seem to tell me that I am, so. Yeah, no, I've, I've definitely seen from what you've been saying and everything, I'm sure you sound like you're doing a really great job with it all. And with, with having the broadcast background, um, and obviously like the journalism school is very, I feel, tech forward. Do you think that's given you and other professors in the J school an advantage? And if so, like what are some tips that you would give to professors that one, haven't taught online classes and two, also have very hands-on courses like you do, but aren't necessarily in the journalism school, maybe in the public health school or um, other courses outside of the J school. So I think for me, one of the big advantages that I have, and this is one that other people won't have, including in my own school, is that, you know, I was a television sportscaster for about 10 years. And so doing these online classes is basically that, mm -hmm. you know, I, I anchor us instead of anchoring a sportscast, I anchor a lecture for about yeah. 20 minutes and I edit a show together, which is about 20 minutes. And that's, that's kind of what online teaching is. So it works really well to my skill set. So I think that's another advantage that I have. I would say the big advantage that, again, I have that I think helps as well is I'm incredibly organized. Mm -hmm. And I think that for online teaching, that is really key. You know, I know, I mean, I have a list um, you know, printed out every week of here's everything I want to do this week. Here's what all my lectures are. This is going to have a video. This is just an article. And I just check them off as I'm going because I think being organized, cause you can get overwhelmed. You know, I have like 20 things I need to do this week, but if I have spelled out, here's the 20 things 
and I can say, all right, here's number one. I want to get these five of them done on Monday. These six things, most of them are quickly on Tuesday. That's kind of how I organize it. So I have kind of a daily to-do list every day. And the more organized, I think the better off you'll be. Yeah, no, I think that's a great, a great idea. Definitely have you know, things, and, yeah, and that goes for students too, you know, because mm-hmm. the students are taking, you know, four or five, however many of these classes. And I think going in, especially classes like mine, where you get a whole week's worth on Monday, going in on Monday and writing down, here's everything I have to do this week. And Monday will be my journalism class. Tuesday will be my history class. Wednesday will be my Spanish class. And I think just being as organized as possible for a student um, really helps because, you know, for the students, it's a lot of kind of self-motivating. You know, you can't just, there's not that professor that's constantly saying, hey, don't forget, this is due. Don't forget, you know, when we see you on Thursday, we're going to do this. It's kind of, I hope you're watching these videos. I hope you're doing them. Um, And so you have to be somewhat self-motivated as a student. Um, and being organized is a big way to kind of make sure that happens. Yeah, no, I think that's huge, especially being at home. It's oh, hard, yeah. hard to stay self-motivated for sure. And I'm sure on everyone's end, not even for the sure. Yeah. I mean, you know, so, I, you know, in my house, my office is upstairs and I know downstairs is my dog, my food, you know, the, the TV with the PlayStation, you know, there's all these different things that are down and I have to kind of keep myself up here sometimes mm-hmm. or I get nothing done. Um, yeah. Working from home has been a lot trickier than I expected it to be. Yeah, no, for sure. It's very hard um, and tempting with all the distractions around <laughs> compared to, yeah. you know, being in a classroom. Um, one other question I had is, do you see yourself maybe moving some of your courses that you're teaching now that you didn't think could be online to fully online or even partially online? You know, it's funny. I was saying to somebody the other day, I've enjoyed teaching online a lot more than I thought I would. Um, you know, like I said, it, it works really well with my skill set, So it's something I enjoy. So I could see doing some more online aspects to the class. But the other thing that I've noticed is I really miss the interaction with the students. I mean, mm-hmm. it is confirmed to me that the best part of the job is talking to the students. You know, for me, that's the part that's fun. And, you know, having that, you know, that when class ends and three or four students come up and chat afterwards or pop in your office hours, you know, that's the best part of the job. And that's the part that's totally gone from this. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think if I did do an online class, I would have to have some sort of face-to-face component, whether it's everybody comes to office hours at least once, or, you know, there's some sort of face-to-face project or, or something where a hybrid of the two, um, but I've, I have enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. And I'm really surprised to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And two, I know I saw Boston University the, over the weekend had an article about possibly having online classes through the fall. Do you think that you can still get, especially in like the broadcast field, journalism school side of things, do you think if we were to move to online classes for the fall semester, students would still be able to get the learning experience? I mean, obviously it wouldn't be the most ideal situation, but do you think it's still possible to prepare students for 
these very specialized careers in journalism and other fields through online courses for an entire semester? I, I do. You know, I, I, it's different for sure. You know, I think some mm -hmm. of these, like the, the large lecture classes, they obviously, I think, translate really well. Um, but some of the skills hands-on classes, they do. It's just you have to think about it a little differently. You know, we've got, you know, I'll, I'll mention our senior semester broadcast class again. You know, they put on a newscast every day at 4 o'clock from their house. Well, that's what WIS and WLTX and all these other television stations throughout the country are doing too. So when they're hiring, they're going to look at our students who are already doing this from their home and say, well, if you can do that as a college student, you can definitely do that as a professional too. So I actually think, as kind of maybe strange as this sounds, it's actually better preparing our students in some aspects to work in somewhat difficult situations. So that, you know, some of these businesses are going to look at the work our students are doing from home and say, wow, you know, you did this from home, then you could definitely do it when we're in our newsroom, in our public relations agency, in our advertising agency, whatever it is. So, you know, I think the lessons are different. They won't necessarily be the same. Maybe there's some skills they won't get as, as well, but there's other skills they'll probably get better. So I don't think it's a, it's a matter of, are you getting the same education? It's, you're getting a different one. There's no doubt about it. It's different. But is it different and good? You know, is, is the, are the differences making it better? And I think in a lot of cases, they definitely are. Yeah, I think that's, I didn't really think about that, but I think that's a very valid point that if you're able to adapt to this, you can probably adapt to really anything that's going to be thrown at you. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of companies that are going to look at student resumes and say, what did you do in the spring 2020 semester when you mm -hmm. weren't on campus for half of it? And the students that can say, I did X, Y, Z, all from my house. I think that's going to be really impressive um, on the job. Hunt. Yeah. I think for sure that's going to be a, a huge talking point in interviews going forward, especially for our students. And one last thing is, I know you, your, one of your big tips was being organized and having that list to do, but for students and also faculty, professors alike that are still having hurdles and obstacles during all of this, what would be your biggest tip? And it can even be more like broadcast, specialized, um, since you do have like a background, but what's your biggest tip for success for an online class? Well, I think for the students, the biggest tip is you have to be, you kind of have to be self-motivated. You know, there, there's only so much, you know, in those face-to-face -face classes, like I said earlier, you know, you can really, the professor can kind of get on you, for lack of a better way to put it. Like, you know, we can read the room and kind of say, all right, you know, Jimmy isn't getting this, Susie's definitely understanding it. You know, you can kind of just read faces. In this, you can't read faces. You know, I put these videos on YouTube and I hope they're watching them. I hope they're learning from them. Um, you know, I have little kind of feedback checks, which I think they are. Um, but if you're not, it's kind of falls on the student to reach out and say, hey, I didn't get that. Hey, can you explain it again? Can we talk on the phone? Can we Skype? Can you just send me some emails? So being really self-motivated, I think, is a big, um, big factor in how successful you are in online classes as a student. So I, I think that's my biggest advice there is just you've got to kind of be all in. You, you can't just kind of, that lack of better, you can't kind of half-ass an online class. You know, you, you've got to be all in 
to kind of make sure that you're putting in the effort and reaching out and, and making the effort to learn. And for professors, I think this semester especially, you know, I, I think it's more effort-based than anything else. Like if you just show that you're really trying and you're really making an effort to make this class as equal as possible, um, I think the students understand. You know, they, they get that this is hard. Every student that I've talked to, they understand that this was not ideal for anyone, including the professors. So just being accessible, um, you know, when they send an email, make sure you're responding right away, the professors are. Um, and just, you know, we're at, we're at the finish line, keep going. You know, don't mail in the last two weeks here. Um, that would be my advice, is just show that you're putting in the effort, and I think the students will respond. Yeah, I think that's great too, uh, especially like students and professors alike. I think everyone's adapting to it. So on both ends, you have to have like the empathy for both sides of the parties for sure. But, yeah, you know, and, and it's no one's fault. I mean, mm -hmm. it's not like the students are blaming the professors or the professors are blaming the students that were, you know, it's, it is what it is. And, you know, we're all, I mean, this, it sounds cheesy. This is kind of the universe. We're all in this together, which, you know, mm -hmm. we legitimately are. Um, and so to be able to kind of form a partnership, for lack of a better way to put it, I think is kind of the smart way. Like, I'm doing the best I can. I just need you to do the best you can too, and we'll make it through. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, everyone's been saying that. I know. I think it is, I don't think it's super cheesy because it's like so true right now, for sure. And everyone's, everyone really is in it together. And we, I think everyone, especially in the J school, has been doing a great job, all my professors, for sure, as well. But okay. I want to thank you so much for coming on and for speaking more about this. I, I know uh, I've heard a lot of great things about you adapting to your classes. And it's also great to put a, a name or face to the name because I've heard a lot about you in the journalism school. So thank you so much, Dr. Hull. Well, thank you, Matt. I appreciate you inviting me on. Yeah, thank you. And for all of you guys listening, make sure to follow us on Instagram. And again, apologies for the audio quality. We are working with using an online platform or not in the studio, but thank you guys so much and we'll see you next week. This podcast is part of the Garnet Media Group Podcast Network. Garnet Media Group is a partnership between the student-run media outlets at the University of South Carolina. Find out more about Garnet Media Group's podcast and other student work on garnetmedia.org.